Hey guys, it's Chris from Tap the Craft, and I wanted to say thank you for checking out our show. I also wanted to tell you about our sponsor, Brewer Shirts. At the forefront of the craft beer movement, Brewer Shirts was one of the first to create apparel that celebrates the art of brewing and the love of fine beer. Never too trendy, always comfortable, and offering affordable quality. They screen print their gear by hand in their studio using eco-friendly inks, materials, and processes. Check out their online store at brewershirts.com and use the coupon code TAPTHECRAFT2020 to receive 15% off of full-priced items. Welcome, craft beer friends, to Season 8, Episode 3 of Tap to Craft Podcast. I am Denny Luce, coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and I have no partner today. Chris McKenzie was unable to make the show, but that's okay. I'm going solo, but I'm not alone, because I am on Facebook Live. I do have some of our our diehard listeners uh, on Facebook Live right now who are going to join in. Uh, during the tasting notes segment, and uh, and you know, maybe you'll ha- hear some new voices or some old voices, uh, and we will learn about Sierra Nevada beers together. And uh, right now, I don't have anything in my glass, but I will be pouring one real quickly. And because I'm talking to myself, uh, I you know I, I don't have the normal banter that you know of Chris and I being able to you know switch back and forth and find out how we're doing. But I'm doing well. Uh, the the temperature is starting to cool down here in, in the Boise area. The smoke is finally starting to lift away. I was out, able to go outside this weekend without dying of uh, of of itchy eyes and nose and and lung issues from all the smoke coming up from California. So I hope that those fires are getting under control uh, really quickly and we don't lose any more houses. Uh, nobody wants to lose their house. I don't want anyone to lose their house and and especially with all the stuff that went on with and still going on with the pandemic. I mean, things just keep getting a little bit worse, but let's not worry about that. Let's get into the show. Uh, But before I get too deep into what we'll be talking about on this episode, I always like to explain to anyone new listening to Tap to Craft Podcast what we're all about. We are an educational podcast. We focus around celebrating all things craft beer because we want to assist you, our listeners, along in your craft beer journeys and adventures. And you're listening to episode 185, a recording on Monday, August 23rd. 2020 or 2021. And uh, yes, we are live on Facebook. And if you would like to join us during our recording session sometime, you can do that. Just find the links on the Facebook page. Uh, We retweet them. I I guess we don't retweet them. Uh, You know what? I should really tweet these out on Twitter too, to get more people that might be on Twitter that's not paying attention to Facebook. But maybe that's another time. I got too much technology in my hands right now to worry about that at this moment. But I did share it on my Facebook and I did share that this was happening on Twitter, and I'm really hoping that some extra people that normally wouldn't be following us uh, live are going to join us just because they want to taste beers along with me. In this episode, I am going to uh, focus the discussion on a brewery spotlight of Sierra Nevada Brewing. And we did mention this in the last episode that uh, one of our great listeners, Jeff Seiler, recommended that you know he really enjoyed all the episodes that Chris and I were tasting beers together. And he thought, what a great idea if we could spotlight some of these, you know, more national and big regional breweries and beers that 
most people around the States can get and that Chris and I can get, we can go ahead and, and spotlight the brewery and talk about some of the beers. This episode's a big, big one because I've got four beers that we're going to be tasting that are from Sierra Nevada. Uh, the first beer that we were talking about, I'll be pouring this one in just a minute, is the Oktoberfest. Uh, this is this is the the Amber March, and this is a 2021 version. Uh, they do change this up every you know every year. It seems like it's a different one. Uh, they were doing some uh, some uh, collaborations with ger- uh, German lager breweries uh, and making some Oktoberfest for several years. Last year they did something a little different that I I don't know if it was, last year was the Bitburger one or not. I can't remember. But last year I wasn't as fond fond of as I am of previous years, and I'm definitely fond of this one. This is more of the type of uh, Martzen lager that I really enjoy. So we'll be drinking that one here just in a bit. We'll open that up. Uh, I've got the the Pale Ale. Uh, Everyone knows Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, right? That's their their staple flagship beer that everyone seems to be like their their starter beer when entering in, their gateway beer into craft beer. And it's a good beer. And we did do, uh, I think, like episode three, I mean, early on, three or four, four, maybe episode four, uh, John and I did do a session on the Pale Ale. And so if you want to go find that in one of our very early shows about, you know, seven years ago, go do that. You can get a more in-depth uh, tasting profile. From I'm going to just talk briefly on these because, again, I got four beers then, and uh, I don't have a lot of time, but I do have some notes on, on each of the beers. And then we've got the Little Hazy Thing IPA and the Big Little Thing. IPA. It's actually a double IPA, but they call it IPA. And we'll be drinking those throughout the show. So as I mentioned, uh, kind of in the in the beginning of the show here, uh, I do have a link in there. And as we get ready to taste these beers, I will let you guys know, like right now, anyone who has this Oktoberfest uh, and wants to go ahead and join me to do a little tasting notes segment, um, I'll add you to the call and we can talk and I won't be drinking alone at that point. I'll have another person we, or people we can talk to. So anyone who has Oktoberfest, uh, there is a link in the uh, the chat right here that you can click on and it should take you to a waiting room. Um, and you know what? I don't even know how to get, I'm assuming the waiting room thing will pop up when it's ready if anyone's in there waiting. I don't even know how to do this. This is, this is all Chris's doing, right? He takes care of all this video Zoom stuff. I've got 14 windows open trying to keep track of everything. But uh, but yeah, just uh, click that link, join the Zoom meeting. Uh, if you have a camera, it'd be fantastic. If not, it's okay. If you can just get on a mic, even if it's your phone or your uh, just your mic on your computer, laptop or whatever, and we'll go ahead and listen. Be fine. Okay. So, um, Let's get into some tasting notes. And like I said, uh, I don't have anyone buzzing in right now, so I'll be drinking this one alone, it looks like. But I'll be, I'm opening up this Oktoberfest. I'm going to pour it into, I got my, my lager uh, B-cup here. Uh, B-cups is a, great, is a great option if you like to drink your beers in a, in a, you know, in, in a uh, glass, plastic glassware that doesn't break when you're going outside. You take these along with you while you're camping. Take them on the boat, wherever you want, you take them, you don't have to worry about them breaking because, uh, you know, they're, they're plastic and they're dishwasher safe. They're very easy to use. They make lager stout, uh, a sour glass and an IPA glass. So I'll be showcasing the lager glass for this Martin. And I'll also be showcasing the, Oh, Jim is in the waiting room. Oh my gosh. I really should have found out. Oh, there it is. 
it shows up right there in the in the Zoom meeting. Thank you, Jim, for pointing that out. I don't want to get started without you. There it is. Oh, there we go. Okay, Jim. this is working. Yes, yes, much better, much better. <laughs> Thank you, Tara. Oh boy, technology. <laughs> I know. Don't worry, I was yeah, expecting it. I need a beer. <laughs> yeah. Well, we just upgraded to Windows ninety five. So. Uh... <laughs> All right. Well, Jim and Tara. Tara, I'm sorry. I'm taking you away from your bachelor for a minute. <laughs> or bachelorette or whichever thing is on i'm not sure what's on bachelor in paradise <laughs> I, I guess this is like the pro bowl version of uh the bachelor okay that's a very good analogy <laughs> okay good so jim are you drinking this oktoberfest yes we are so, both of us oh good so you were because tara mentioned that she wasn't able to find it and you must have found it somewhere well we uh I went on the Sierra Nevada website Mm -hmm. this afternoon, and they have a list of all the places where they uh, sell their beer, and there happened to be one liquor store in the entire county that had it. Nice. And we found it. Okay. And Tara was nice enough to drive out there and pick it up. (laughs) She's a great wife. She's a great wife. And she got the other two as well that you had listed. Okay. Okay. But we don't have everybody, the pale Everybody, everybody needs a wife. Yes. I need a wife. <laughs> well, great. Well, let's get let's start talking about the talk, Oktoberfest now that we've got I've got you on here and we can we can chat real quick. But first, let me give a little bit of a description for this that they have on the website. It says this rich Martzen lager features German malts for inviting aromas of honey and biscuity bread, flavors of caramel and graham cracker, and visions of sprawling beer tents. Smooth and balanced, Oktoberfest is here to celebrate. And they mentioned what the ingredients are. They said the, the malts are black Munich Pilsner and a special roast. They say the hops are Herzbrucker and Tradition. And, of course, it's a lager yeast. 5.5 ABV, 11 IBUs, and only 190 calories per can. <laughs> we don't count those. You don't count those, yeah. This, this, is, this is one of the lower-calorie beers that we're going to have tonight. So wait till you hear the other ones. They're a little bit steeper. But not like eating a Big Mac or anything, but still, you know, heavier than we thought. All right. So what do you think of this, Jim? Uh, nice coloring, right? It is an amber, uh, a nice yeah, amber uh, margin. Uh, but you get a little bit of a head there. My head settled out very quickly. Yeah, you can. And, yeah, uh, my, mine definitely settled out. It's, uh, but uh, yeah, Tara's got a nice, <laughs> a nice white I must uh, have cream. I'm a cleaner glass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, nice. Uh, nice, smooth, a little on the malty side, mm-hmm. but that's to be expected. Yeah. Um, very, very pleasant. Yeah, it's uh, it definitely has. So I, I get the graham cracker uh, character. They mentioned graham cracker. And I think with that graham cracker, uh, it's a mixture of of kind of that honey. But, you you know, it might be graham crackers are made with honey, right? Is that not? I mean, I don't know. I don't know how graham crackers are made. I but believe I, so. I just, yeah. I just love them. So I know that there's like a honey honeyness to them and and a little bit of a toastiness i love graham cracker character but i also get in the in a finish uh, and i don't know if it's just my imagination but it seems like i get a little bit of of uh uh you know lemony character in there but not like strong lemon like just the subtle hints of of some juicy uh mist in there mixed in at the fin- in a finish but that might be my imagination you you don't happen to get any of that that type of flavor in this do you i don't get any lemon um but 
uh, your taste buds are probably a lot more refined than no, mine. No, 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 in terms no, no, of no. drinking beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it, like I said, it could be my imagination. It could be some of those malts playing trips, trips with tricks with my uh, my taste buds. But, um, but yeah, this is a. I don't know if you had the the Oktoberfest last year. Maybe not, since it's so hard to find. But last year, you know, I, I usually buy a few six packs of the Marston because I really enjoy that. And I think Samuel Am, or Samuel Am's, uh Sierra Nevada does a fantastic job. Uh, this is last year's. I didn't enjoy that as much. It came across too bitter, and I don't like my Marston's coming across too bitter. A, a little bit of bitterness is okay, but it just seemed like it was like overly bitter, and it kind of turned me off. This one isn't. This is like what I expect. It's it's got sweetness, but not sweet. It's it finishes, you know, drier than a, a a big sweet caramel, you know, mess. So it's super easy to drink, in my opinion. I could probably drink a six pack in in one sitting of, of this. Oh, beer. I could easily crush this. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's crushable, like all the kids yeah. say. How about you, Tara? What do you think of this? Is this uh, a beer that you could crush, or is it one that's like, ah, it's okay. I need more hops. I don't think I crush any beers, actually. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but I'm enjoying it. I've been getting more into beer beers this mm-hmm. season. Beer flavored beers, I guess, is the term. That's right. That's right. I mean, beer that tastes like beer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is uh, which? This show is going to be heavy on the hops because I've got three beers that that really do showcase hops. So uh, we're, yeah, we're going to be a little bit a little bit on the hop side here. Um, but I do have one more thing on on this Oktoberfest. That one thing great about Sierra Nevada's website is they do provide a lot of information. You know, like I just read off all the ingredients they had in there, uh, the calories even, and they they do a really good job of listing recipes. I know Tara, you're big into beer recipes, and you and Jim both ask, "Hey, are there any kinds of things we can make with beer?" And they list recipes that that you can use. Uh, their beer with and this one that i picked is uh their oktoberfest beer cheese skillet it's a multi beer melty cheese unite in one sizzling bubbling skillet lined with golden pretzel rolls grab a stein and feast oktoberfest style and this is on their website and if you go to the october beer um there'll be a link on there and just go go check it out see if it's something you might want to try there they all seem to be pretty easy to make recipes and uh who doesn't like pretzel rolls right and cheese. Now, I guess one thing <laughs> I would uh, note here mm-hmm. is that uh, Sierra Nevada's got two breweries. Yes, that's true. One in Chico, California, and one in uh, Mills River, North Carolina, mm-hmm. just outside of uh, Asheville. And, we, and we've been to the one here, but it's probable that you and I are drinking different batches. True. You're probably getting the one from out there, and I'm getting the one from out here. Yeah. And so there's likely to be some differences in uh, uh, the flavors and other qualities yeah. of the beer anyway. Yeah, I agree. That is a big possibility. I'm hoping that Sierra Nevada does a really good job of of matching their, their brewing to, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming they're using the same ingredients. The only thing that's a challenge is the, well, if they're not using water. The, same, the water is the most challenge, right? Because if they're not cleaning the water up and then putting in what they need that that could cause a difference i know that the water is very special that they you know they they claim that their water in chico is special for the beers they make so i'm hoping they can make the water the same in the mills uh, river area but um 
but yeah, that's a good point. They, they could be a little bit different, but hopefully they're the same. Is yours coming across uh, more bitter or is it coming across like a, a traditional lager, amber lager? Would come across? It, I'm, I'm finding it, uh, I, I can taste the bitter at the beginning, mm-hmm. but then it finishes off more on the multi side. Okay, you know what? You're right. I, I guess you can. It's, uh, yeah, there there is something that if I, after I drink it, let it go down and then kind of taste the top of my, my mouth, there is something that might come across uh, bitter in there. So maybe there is something that, but. There, there is, there, there definitely is a, a bitterness yeah. to it. Okay. Well, good. Good. All right. So that that's what I had for this tasting segment. I think this is a, a beer. It's a seasonal release. Um, it comes in 12 ounce cans. Uh, I think it also comes in your, if you, if you, you know, might be able to get it at your local bar uh, during the season, but right now is the season. So go get it if you can. Uh, this is a recommended beer from uh, myself and Jim and, and Tara. It sounds like I, I gave this beer a, a four cap rating. Do you guys rate this one yet? No. Okay. No, we haven't. This is rated. our first take. We <laughs> yeah. got it this afternoon. <laughs> Was it worth the drive? <laughs> Fortunately, that one place in Charles County was not that far away. Okay, yeah. good. And so I found a new place to buy craft beer. There you go. See that, that that's one of your questions yep. too is how do you find a, how do you find a place to buy craft beer? One that has the beer you want. That's a good <laughs> that's a good uh, a good way to do that. Okay, well then um, I don't know if you guys want to. I mean, if Jim wants to stay on and and uh, hang out a little bit, or if you want to take a break. Uh, and then just check back in when we get back to the tasting notes, whatever you want to do, Jim. I can get you your next beer, whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah, we'll stay on. Okay. All right. Yeah, we'll stay on. Um, we got all, well, we didn't get any of the pale ale, but we got the other two. Okay. The pale ale is in the middle. I got, we got the hazy little thing next. I, I went, right. I'm going in the, in the, in the order of the IBUs. So that, you know, the least bitter to the most bitter, just so we don't kind of wreck our, our palate too much. Plus I wanted the double IPA last, if I drink that too early, things get a little bit haywire, especially <laughs> drinking a few beers. Okay. So uh, that was our Tasty Notes segment with the Oktoberfest from Sierra Nevada. But before we get any further, Chris and I, Jim and I, we want to thank all of our Patreon supporters because this episode is brought to you in part by our satisfied Patreon supporters like Mike Gallen and William Schlimmer and Amanda and Kevin Argauer, who are our virtual producers, and Tom Byrne, Jeff Seiler, Johan Halberg, Tara Carlson, Chad Lamassa, Mark Church, Matt Knight, Kirk Tabor, and a new Patreon, Eric Gronley, who want to buy us a virtual beer. And if you enjoy the content we provide, we invite you to support the show by toasting your host or buying us a virtual beer and even becoming a virtual producer. You can explore the options on our support page by visiting patreon.com slash tap the craft. Okay, so I need to change gears a little bit because guess what? We had a voicemail. And so now I've got to go ahead and load up this voicemail so we can listen to it. And Jim, you'll be able to hear it too because I'm going to play this right over the mic. Hey, guys. It's Robbie Sanders. I'm calling. I've been meaning to call and ask you this question for your show. And good luck on the live tasting you're going to be doing. I'm actually going to be on vacation mm. this coming week, so I won't be able to participate, but I'll look forward to listening once that's done. Um, Danny, you've mentioned a few times that you're not satisfied or unhappy with um, Stone Brewing and what they're doing, and I was just curious if you could elaborate a little bit more on that. 
I'm in the Richmond, Virginia area. We have their East Coast Brewing Hub here, and I actually get a fair amount of stone and pretty well enjoy it for the most part. Particularly mm-hmm. our Black IPA last year, they re-released that. They've done some really, really good things in the market, and I'm just curious to see what your uh, what your issues are with them and so forth. So, <laughs> anyway, take care, guys. All right. Well, thank you, Robbie, for that voicemail. And Jim, I, I hope you were able to hear that. It was a little bit hard to get the volume up loud enough. Yeah, but... it, was a, it was a little quiet, but I, I was able to hear it. Okay, no problem. But I'll, I'll explain what Robbie was saying. He was asking, I, I've made comments over the last year or two about about that I've kind of steered away from Stone Brewing. Stone Brewing used to be back in the early 2000s was one of the breweries that I really drank a lot of beer from. If on this back wall here, I have 30, at least 30 bottles of beer in that time frame that I bought when they were releasing a lot of beers in 22-ounce bottles. And for the most part, all the beers I really enjoyed, and I really was a big fan of their beer and their marketing and everything. Then things have kind of shifted, <laughs> and I think things shifted when they started to want to branch out and open up that brewery over in Germany, right? They bought that that uh that space there and they op- they were working on opening this up and and you know they started you know asking for money they started you know they started doing a lot of things to you know this is a this is a big craft brewery and they started just you know crowdfunding uh stuff to try to make their goals to to go do these things that really they should just focus mainly in in the states and just keep doing what they're doing and focus on making good beer and keeping their staff happy and keeping all the good brewery brewers there brewing good beer. Um, then also their, their own, you know, their, their head guy. Uh, uh, now I can't remember his name. Cook, Greg cook. Um, you know, he started, uh, you know, going a little bit, you know, off the rails a little bit. And I, I started seeing that their beer kind of took a, a slow dive. And I started buying these bottles, these 22 ounce bottles and, and stuff was coming out. And I was finding out that I wasn't enjoying the beer. I'm paying $8 a bottle. And before these beers were really good. Now I'm paying $8 a bottle and I'm, and I'm disappointed in every bottle I buy. And I probably bought 10 bottles before I finally said, okay, enough is enough. These guys are, 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 are phoning it in. The beers are just not very good. Then add in the fact that Stone started picking on, on other craft brewers that have the name Stone in their title somewhere. Not that they're called Stone, but they're called, you know, Stone Creek or whatever. If they had Stone in there, started to say, hey, you can't, you know, we don't want you using that name because it has Stone in it. Well, guess what? There's a lot of, you know, breweries or words that have Stone in it. And then, it, so I thought that was kind of a, a, a lame thing to do. You know, you're supposed to be, we're supposed to be a community in, in craft and, and not be picking on other breweries. But I understand they got to save their, they, they have, you know, they'll tell you they're doing it because they want to uh, protect their trademark. And I understand that to a point, but there's, you know, you go too far. Then they bring up this BS uh, attack on Keystone because they called their beer Stone, right? And they, and they were high, you know, they say they're playing out there. And you know what? Maybe there's some truth in the fact that people can get confused. But you know what? The beer drinkers that are drinking their beer is not going to confuse with Keystone and Stone Brewery. So they made this big stink. And I just kind of said, I'm enough is enough. And from that point on, I've just let, you know, for the last two years, I just kind of let stone go by the wayside. Um, you know, just because it's just, I just didn't like the way that they're, 
they were tr- treading down a road that was, uh, you know, that wasn't wasn't what I want to see in, in a a brewery representing, uh, you know, my hobby. Uh, and there's other breweries that are in the same thing, but aren't, you know, like, like the shoots Sierra Nevada, you know, they're not, they're, they're continuing down the line and being good stewards to the community and, 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 and citizens of, of beer and everything. And I appreciate those breweries a little bit more. So that's, that's my, my own personal issue I have with stone. I, I'm not telling anyone not to drink them. I'm not boycotting them and telling people down with stone. I'm just saying that I kind of, with all the beer out there, all the good beer, I'm focusing my attention on on other breweries and and, uh, and supporting them instead. So, Jim, what do you think? Are, are you drinking much Stone beer out in the Maryland area? Uh, I, I'll have to say, recently, uh, very little. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, not that I'm boycotting them, but uh, uh, I just don't run across them okay. like I used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember at one time when we first, I guess our beer drinking experience is like an arc. <laughs> yeah. You know, we started off, uh, uh, you know, just clean beer. And then you, we, when you get into the hops, at some point you reach a pinnacle yeah. and then you get over. Well, when we were up there at that pinnacle, we were really into stone ruination. Yeah. Yeah. Ruination is great. Yeah. And it's it and it was a fantastic beer, extremely hoppy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to admit, with Stone, I don't know if they still do it, but the, their bottles were really collectors' oh, yeah, items. Yeah, because uh, it's not just a paper label on the the glass. You've got it. Uh, yeah, it's still I don't know what the, Yeah, with the processes, but uh, uh, and and that's probably what you have on your shelf uh, behind you. Yeah, all the ones uh, I have are all silkscreen bottles. Once they started going to the plastic wrap, I stopped collecting. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think we got past them uh, while they were still doing the silk screening, mm-hmm. um, and and I don't even think we've had a stone in in probably years okay. at this point. Okay, again, not that we're boycotting yeah, them, but yeah. uh, there's just other beers to drink. Not something that we uh, we pick up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, good, hope, Robbie. I hope that answers your question. I, and again, Chris and I, or me especially, I am not telling anyone not to drink stone. I just. You know, that's that's. I just want to tell you my side of the story. I, I think I've mentioned it on the on the show uh, throughout the years, but uh, now you just got it in, up front um, in a recent episode, so you don't have to go check. You know, look for them. Okay, so uh, I I didn't have any uh, any other feedback except for the the voicemail. But thank you, Robbie, for sending that voicemail. If anyone else wants to send us their voicemail and get their voice heard on the air, you can do that easily. Just call us at two zero eight five three six. 3359, or if it's easier for you to remember, 20853-ODDLY, and leave your question, your comments, uh, or, or a story, if you want to leave a story. We, we appreciate that. And if you want to contact the show in other ways with your comments or questions, you can do that through email at taptocraft at gmail.com, or Twitter and Instagram. Just follow us and tweet us at taptocraft. And of course, on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash taptocraft. And of course, we do have a website it's tap the craft podcast or <laughs> it's tap the craft.com which is our uh, our podcast website okay you know what jim i'm gonna skip chris's segment uh the untap the craft because chris, mm-hmm. that's chris's thing 
I don't need another window up on my computer right now because I've got enough windows. So this week we're going to go ahead and bypass. Plus I've got three more beers to drink. So, uh, you know, we, we, we can't, we can't be wasting too much time, but you know what, Jim, this glass is empty. Mine's empty. Well, Tara was helping me. So, um, well, good. Good for Tara. So now I'm putting the word out. Any of the listeners that are online who want to, that have, the hazy little thing. Go ahead to the top of the of our uh, chat here. There's a link to the Facebook. You know what? I should probably copy that and, and paste it again for anyone that's new. Control C. Control V. I don't think that worked. Oh, oh yeah, it did work. Okay. So I just pasted it again. If you have the hazy little thing, IPA. This is what they have on chat down the road. Yeah. And you want to join us. Go ahead and hit that link. I'll see your, your, you'll go into the waiting room. I'll see it pop up here. Or if I don't see it quick enough, just leave a comment in the Facebook and I'll, and I'll go ahead and click you and add you to Jim and I uh, doing this tasting notes. Jim, thank you very much. And Tara, you know, both of you two for, for helping me out here. I was going to be a lone wolf and now you guys are, yeah, uh, glad to do it. yeah you guys are helping me out and, and hopefully there'll be more listeners that will join us and talk about the beer too. So let's go ahead and pour the hazy little thing. And this is... Uh, I'm go- you skipped ahead. We've already poured ours. That's okay. <laughs> I'm going to get a little bit of more of a head on this one than I did the last one. See, that's a nice... Yeah, definitely. Nice uh, nice head. Of course, this one has a little bit more active uh, proteins and stuff, I'm sure. But yeah, this is a nice, a very nice, tight, some coarse bubbles, but very tight head, uh, you know, a little bit creamy, not, not not the most creamy, but it, it's got some coarse and um, and fine bubbles in there. It is an, a pretty white head. I, I'd say it's it is off white, but it's close to white, so that's good. I like I like having a a little bit whiter head. Sorry, mine are gone. <laughs> yeah, mine's mine's leaving <laughs> too. Well, these B cups, you should have busted out your B cups for this, right? Or did you guys have B cups? Yes, we okay. do. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we use them in the pool. That's right. Every day. They're, they're perfect. Okay. So the little hazy, the hazy little thing, juicy hops and silky malt meet a hazy little thing with fruit forward flavor, modest bitterness, and a smooth finish. Now, Sierra Nevada, it was very nice enough to go ahead and let us know how they made this beer. So let me go ahead and read that real quick, too, while we, we enjoy the fragrance of here. Uh, making our delicious hay starts before we even fire up the kettle. Oats and wheat, both malted and unmalted varieties, are critical to the recipe, down to their exact makeup of proteins, beta-glucans, diastic powder. Wow, there's a lot of big words in here. And other beer-nerdy specs. <laughs> yes, those are beer-nerdy for sure. <laughs> Once we're brewing, this precise grain foundation interacts with the polyphenols, think pre-haze molecules, in colossal volumes of lupulin hop dust, which is basically the pure flavor from inside hop cones to generate a smooth and juicy haze. We chill our fermenters at a slightly higher temperatures than normal so the haze doesn't fade. Then we skip the filter and package all the hazy flavor in its prime straight from the tanks and into the can. This has a uh, two-roll pale M- Munich oats and wheat. Uh, the hops are Citra, Magnum, Sim- Simcoe, Comet, Mosaic, and Eldorado. Of course, it's an L yeast. It's 6.7% ABV, 35 IBUs, and a little slightly higher calories at 214. 
Yeah. So that's what we got here. Yep. So what do you? That description sounds like they're trying too hard. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they're being fun because yeah, they, they, there's a to make these hazy IPAs and stuff, right? To get it everything you need, the smooth, silky, the the juicy, everything that you need to to make a hazy. It's it's quite science. It's not easy. Yeah, it's a science, right? So they took the science and made it kind of fun and a little bit of big words, but not too bad. Mm. All right. Okay, Victor, my buddy Vic, Vic Joe, he says he's enjoyed these hazy IPAs this summer. Great Lakes Brewery had two that he really liked. Thanks, Vic. And uh, and then Jeff Seiler, he went ahead and wrote up about the, the stone. He says he enjoyed several stone beers. He likes the IPA, loves the Ruination, and all the Enjoy By releases. They're delicious. Well, that's right, Jeff. I, uh, we also mentioned the Ruination. We, I think that's Gemini's. That's one of our favorites. And some of those, you're right. Those enjoy by. Some of them were really good. Some of them were okay. They did change up the the recipes a little bit, but uh, but they've made like probably fifty of them now. So <laughs> they've been making a lot of those. Mm-hmm. All right. So what do you smell in this beer, Jim? It almost smells a little like orange juice. It does. Yeah, I was going to say it smells like. Like something you might get out of an orange Julius machine, right? It doesn't yeah. it doesn't look like it as much, but it does have that, that smell. Yeah, and I I almost want to say that it smells like it might have lactose in it, but I don't believe there's any lactose in this beer because they didn't mention it. They would have mentioned if there was, and I think uh, yeah, it doesn't taste like it. Yeah, either. and I think that that aroma though is coming from that uh, hop. Um, what they say that you know the hop. Uh, no, oh, what a uh, lupulin hop dust. Uh, I, I think there is a way of making. I think they're they're saying lupulin hop dust, but that's the. Uh, uh, there, there is like a. You mean like an extract? Yeah, it's or like something. a way of. Uh, the, yeah, they have a way of of making. Uh, uh, now I'm 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 totally drawing a blank on the the term, but they do have a way of of making almost like cryo. Might be their their version. They're naming for cryo hop type behavior, right? Where you take, uh, and it's like a powdery extract of that like a strong uh you know amount of that because it kind of smells like a lot of those those uh i just lost the word again the uh <laughs> wow I'm, I'm definitely a little bit uh going senile here tonight but uh whatever the, the hop dust i just said the uh cryo hops it kind of smell like that mm-hmm. all right yeah it's uh it's got some uh ripe uh Ripe tropical fruit aromas coming out of there too. Oh, absolutely, um, yeah, yeah. It smells fantastic. I, I think the aroma on this beer is straight up like like almost perfect for what you expect from a from a hazy IPA. I'm go ahead and take a sip here. If you already take a sip, go ahead and explain what you what you tasted. Yeah, uh, it definitely tastes the uh, the hot bitterness. Is the would you say there's like a handful of different hops in here, so they're all kind of blended yeah, together. Yeah, right yeah, they've got they they got Citra, Magnum, Simcoe, Comet, Mosaic, and Eldorado. Yeah, yeah so it's like a little hot party in yeah. your on your tongue here. And, and I think it, I think the key here is that these are all added at different times and in different ways, right? Dry hopping, um, this lupulin dust, uh, the uh, the bittering one is is a certain one, and they're all playing a different role. But they they aren't being they're not muddled into like a muddled character. You can pick out some of the flavors, right? Some of that citrusness, some of that uh, that uh, tropical fruitiness, uh, juiciness. Yeah, and it's not overly bitter. Yeah, it's, no. Uh, 
it's 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 a very pleasant bitter. It is a lighter beer. Um, I, I'm not going to say it's watered down. It's just, uh, and I might have it a little too cold. I just pulled this out of the cooler right before I poured it and started drinking. So it might be a chill. I might, I might need to let this warm up a little bit more to lose some of that. I don't want to say watery, but you know what I mean, how sometimes when it's too cold, it comes across with less, uh, less body to it. Uh, as it warms up, it, it tends to provide you with a yeah, little bit feels, more feel. Yeah, more full. When it warms up. Yeah, because with oats in here, you're going to get a, a bigger bodied beer and you should feel a full fullness, a softness to it. Um, there is a softness to it, but I'm not getting a fullness that I was getting before when I was drinking this. I, I bought a six pack of this, of course, and I've already, I think I, I have this and one more left because I've really enjoyed drinking <laughs> this, uh, working up to the, to tonight. But yeah, this is a great, I, well, here's what I like about this beer. This beer was canned. I think I, if I look at the bottom of this can, it was canned uh, uh, June 30th this year. So this beer is. Do you remember when this one? It was July, I think. Uh, Tara's going to look at is the it, bottom. It's July. So yours is really. Have to empty the can yeah. first. <laughs> <laughs> but, but. July 27th. Yeah. So July 27th. So yours is really fresh for, for yeah. a Sierra Nevada beer because a lot of times their beers get made, go into a distributor location and then get sent out and that can can sometimes cause these beers to be delayed a month before it even gets to the shelf mine is is uh uh, a month and a half before i'm I'm drinking it but i'll tell you what it doesn't taste like it's been sitting on a shelf or it doesn't taste like i'm missing out on uh, the flavors that are supposed to be in here it's a good representation of a easy drinking hazy ipa uh that has a lot of great aromas juicy uh uh, ripe tropical fruit, you know, character, a little bit of bitterness, but not too bitter. So it's not like coming off totally soft, a good mouth feel. Again, once it warms up, the mouth feel becomes a little bit bigger. Um, yeah, this is a good, this is a good one. This is, this is a go-to for a lot of people. I think that this might become a gateway beer to people who want to get into IPAs that they just don't want bitterness but they want to be able to enjoy some of the fruitiness that these IPAs can provide without worrying about having it too heavy, having it uh, resinous or dank or uh, or too bitter, right? That that kind of can, those those extreme characteristics can really turn off people that aren't used to that. So I think this is a good option for people that want to dive into IPAs. Yeah, and and I, I get a little bit of hit of a bitter right at the end it's got a clean finish after that mm-hmm. but that that final hit of bitterness i get it's it's almost like the uh inside of a grapefruit rind rind i don't know i'm i think it's fighting with what i had for dinner <laughs> <laughs> because to me the aftertaste is just a little harsh mm. yep. and My- i had spicy bratwurst for dinner I, I, it doesn't. It's not going with it too well. I, I, <laughs> Today, it doesn't come across harsh for me, and, and the setting and and your taste for the day mm-hmm. it can vary widely. Yeah, yeah. But uh, a couple months ago, we were at a bar just down the road, a couple miles down the road. They had this on tap, and I remember at that time, 
I was thinking, boy, this is just too much for me, too overbearing. Yeah. So I think a lot of time it's just the setting, what you've had before, and uh, um, uh, that that affects your taste buds. True. So True. I could I could I taste this maybe a week from now and have a different impression. Okay, okay, yeah, I I think for me, so I so it was it's interesting. You guys had bratwurst. I had chili dogs. Uh, homemade chili that my uh, my lovely wife made, and we have these, you know, I don't There's know. There's a wife again. Yeah. Everybody needs yeah. a wife. So, so I also have some ha- had some pretty strong um, food before I came up here to drink. But for me, this is still it tastes, it tastes very similar to what I've been drinking. Maybe mine, maybe mine being that it is uh, an extra few weeks older than yours, Jim, maybe mine settled out a little bit. Maybe if it is really fresh, it does come across a little bit more bitter than it does as it ages a couple of weeks. As, like I said, this one is is really um, appears to be shelf stable where it doesn't really give, you know, get bad when it's just on a shelf longer. What, like some of these other hazy IPAs uh, that if they sit too long, they just lose all the character and it just gets Right. Like really um, bland, but I'm telling you, this thing has great aroma. Still has some good flavors. You got nice citrus in there, right in the middle area of that citra hop, uh, just providing a nice little kick of uh, of citrus. And yeah, okay, I like this beer. Guess what, Tara? I have another recipe for you. Oh, all right. What is it? This one's called Hazy Little Thing Pineapple Fried Rice. Everyone loves fried fried rice. Fried rice. Yeah. Oh. It's, oh, okay. Yeah. I will check that out. Yeah, this is tropical, spicy, sweet, and ridiculously easy to make, even without a trip to the grocery store. So there you go. <laughs> so and, and there and there is a little pineapple in here too. There might be, you, yeah. Uh, it's definitely yeah. There might be a little pineapple in there. Uh, I, I I can't I, I I can't pull out the exact tropical fruits. It just has that tropical sensation, right? That you just feel like ripe, you know tropical fruit like you're on an island drinking you know mai tais or whatever i don't like mai tais they're not i like better drinks than mai tai but you know something like that but uh, yeah so there you go and, and tara there was like five different hazy little thing recipes there's burgers there's wow. uh pork there's like a pork pork shoulder uh, uh sriracha pork pork shoulder uh recipe there's a bunch of stuff on there so you might have fun going and checking out that website and making okay these are on the uh, sierra nevada website that's correct yeah I did make some lemon cookies with the uh, spent grains that Jim had from his pepper bison. Nice. Perfect. Those, <laughs> those spent grains are really hard, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, a little bit of gravel in your cookie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that could be tough. Yeah. <laughs> Good fiber. Good fiber. All <laughs> right. So that is our the end of our second tasting notes. And now it is time for the brew buzz. And again, the brew buzz is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics. And this week, as I already mentioned, we're going to do a little bit of a deep dive into Sierra Nevada brewing. Find out about how they got their start, uh, you know, just just stuff we normally talk about when we do a deep dive on a brewery. And uh, I did pull this information from four or three different sites um, of course, from the Sierra Nevada website, I have a link to that uh, that will be in the show notes, as well as 
the Sierra Nevada Brewing uh, wiki page and uh, an interesting spot that I found some some kind of interesting facts that I threw in here uh, interspersed is seven facts about Sierra Nevada. And this one was found on the Bitburger website. And I think that was directly related to their collaboration they did with one of these Oktoberfests. It was either Oktoberfest or maybe a Pilsner. I can't remember exactly which beer it was now. But uh, I think they went ahead and did a little write-up on, on them on their website as well, Bitburger. So here, let me get started with this. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company was founded in 1979 with founders Ken Grossman and Paul Camusi. Uh, expanding their home brewing hobby into a brewery in Chico, California. Along with the brewery's location, Grossman claims the brewery's name comes from his love of hiking in the mountains of the Sierra Nevada. Now let's take a little bit, you know, Ken Grossman is the, you know, he's the main guy, right? He's the one everyone hears about, the founder, the inspiration for the for Sierra Nevada. So let's take a little bit of deeper dive into him. Grossman learned the basics of brewing from his from the father of a friend. And found immediate joy in his traditional in traditional in immediate joy in this traditional craft. To turn his passion into a career, in 1976 he opened a shop in downtown Chico, California, selling everything needed for homebrewing. The homebrew shop, or it's called the homebrew shop. Uh, for three years, he swapped tips with other brewers, learned more about ingredients, and set out to find the best types of hops. Now. Uh, starting with just $50,000 in loans from friends and family, Grossman and Camusi uh, rented a 3,000-foot warehouse, square-foot warehouse and pieced together discarded dairy equipment and scrapyard metal to create their brewing equipment. In 1989, they were able to acquire secondhand copper brewing kettles from Germany and moved into their larger current brewing facility. Uh, the first batch brewed in this new facility was their pale ale. And in November, and that was in November of 1980, uh, they they took 10 batches before he finally nails the recipe. Uh, new, they end up using a new hop on the scene called Cascade Hops, which give the pale ale intense aromas of pine and citrus and a signature that soon sparks the American craft revolution. Uh, the company distributed its beer, or... Uh, uh, the company self-distributed its beer uh, in 1980, struggling with financial and marketing problems. In 1987, the brewery distributed to seven states and produced, or uh, in production, had reached 12,000 U.S. barrels per year, causing the company to pursue building a new brewery. In 1988, the brewery moved into a 100-barrel brew house with four open fermenters and 11 200-barrel secondary secondary fermenters. A year later, Grossman and, and Camusi uh, added the Sierra Nevada tap room and restaurant, which serves lunch and dinner and includes a gift shop. Of course, you got to buy, buy all your swag. Uh, in 2000, the brewery opened The Big Room, which is a live music venue located inside the brewery's facilities, featuring a variety of acts, including country, bluegrass, folk, rock, blues, and other musical genres. Okay, to any of our listeners out there on Facebook, if you have the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, break it out. And start drinking because that's the next beer. I know, Jim, you don't have that beer, but don't worry. You don't have that here. Don't worry. I can, uh, I'll talk it up here for you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just go ahead. If you do have that, you want to join in with Jim and I, and you want to go ahead and share your tasting of it, just click that link. I pinned it to the uh, the chat this time. So you can just click on it, 
and I'll add you to the call. Meanwhile, I got to finish this last little swig of, uh, of hazy little thing. And if you look at their cans, it, they all say family owned and operated. Do they? And argued over. And argued over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right on yeah, the can. Yeah, it does say so. family owned, operated, and argued over. Nice. I like that tagline. <laughs> I never noticed that before. I've been drinking Sierra Nevada for many, many years. And you said uh, they opened up a uh, a home brewer shop in uh, what seventy six or thereabouts. Yeah, in the early seventy mid seventies, they opened it up. See, because that was about it was somewhere in the mid seventies, like that when um, uh, home brewing became legal again. Before that, oh yeah, you couldn't even. So they were like right on the leading edge of. Uh, of that movement, it, you know, as soon as it became legal, boom, they were right there. Yeah, I think, yeah, honestly, I think that was before, because wasn't it, uh, I thought it was Jimmy Carter that that made it legal, legal, right? I think. Uh, yeah, so let's see, when did he, uh, he get sworn in uh, January of 77? Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's. So how did they do that before that? So then? I think they were selling stuff, but they weren't maybe promote. Maybe they're selling it as. Actually, you know what? Maybe the home brewing was a lot less volume back then, so they were able to brew it if they didn't brew over a, a very limited amount, and they were yeah. doing that. And then once Jimmy Carter, I think he might have. I need to research that how how home brewing started and and how it became uh, mainstream because I think. I'm pretty sure I remember Jimmy Carter was the one that that uh, that cut the limit, maybe, and it allowed them to to go and brew more, and then expand that home brewing into a you know a little bit higher, higher, higher until it got to a to a, a full brew, you know, regular brewing size. Okay. Yeah, unless unless they were uh, working like they did during Prohibition. Um, remember during Prohibition they. They didn't want people making wine, so they said, "Don't take these grapes <laughs> and put them in a vat and then boil them." Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Don't don't do all these cool steps. Down. Don't add any <laughs> yeast to it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. So I've got. I didn't. This is the one I don't have a can for. This is a traditional Sierra Nevada Pale Ale bottle. I think they still bottle a lot of this beer. Uh, they do can it as well, but. All the stores that I visited, I tried to find the cans because I tried to keep, I was trying to make it all cans, but I finally gave up and just bought the bottle. So I've got the traditional Sierra Nevada Pale Ale bottle. Everyone knows this this green label. You know it very yeah. well. And this beer, it's, it's talked about a lot. And like I said, we've already done uh, more detailed tasting notes of this and, and, and even the Pale Ale style. But you know what? It's good to revisit it because we always mention uh, the Pet Sierra Nevada's Pale L when we talk about craft beer gateway. So here again, nice a nice head. This one's looks very similar to the IPA, except this is a little bit darker. It's not as it looks white maybe in my in my lens here, but it's it appears to be more of a cream color. Uh, these are definitely more coarse uh, bubbles in here. Wow, and the aroma is a lot different, uh, <laughs> a lot different than that haze we just had. 
It comes across uh, with some pine, a lot of pine in this in this beer. So this one, uh, this is definitely a traditional uh, Cascade hop uh, beer right here. Okay, so let me talk about the the pale ale. Nobody wanted to join me on here except for Jim. Thank you, Jim. You're keeping me company. I'm, <laughs> I I feel much better talking to someone than just talking to the wild to the air. So okay, let's see. Heavy on the hops. That's that was always the brewery's plan. So in 1980, we loaded Pale Ale up with Cascade, a new hop at the time named after the mountain range, and the intense aromas of pine and citrus sparked the American craft revolution. The malts are caramelized malts and two-row pale. The hops are Cascade, just Cascade. And one thing to note is uh, Sierra Nevada is one of the few breweries that does do whole cone hops, right? They're they're not using hop pellets. At least they weren't. I'm assuming they're still using whole cone hops, but uh, but they were really them and Deschutes were the two breweries that really focused on that whole cone. And if you go to Deschutes and Bend and you go uh, tour their brewery, all their hops are stored in a hop room in big bags, not these pellet bags, but big bags that are compressed hops of whole cone hops and just. It smells wonderful in there. Every you know, bunch of different varieties, and they're all uh, wonderful. But Sierra Nevada was also the same way. They did, they like that whole cone because they they like to, you know, they don't want to use that. I don't know. They want to go cheap. I guess there's better. I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a brewer, so it's hard for me to know the ins and outs. But I, I imagine that using whole cones, you're taking up a lot more space. You have to have a lot more extra space in your kettles to put all this extra mass in there because there's a lot of waste. Where the pellets, they're condensed into a small pellet. They're going to expand out a little bit, but they're not going to be these big, giant cones like they are with the, with the whole cones. That's right. Have you ever brewed with whole cones, Jim? No, uh, never. I've, I've experimented one time just in a uh, uh, dry hopping with some of those. I don't think I was very successful. I don't think I got the... Uh, the quality out of it like I was supposed to. Uh, the pellets are just so much easier, especially when you're dealing things yeah. on uh, my scale. Yeah. And and I think it takes a, a, a special uh, understanding, you know, uh, good training to, to to be able to do the whole cones properly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, just a couple of comments. I, I don't want to ignore the, uh, let's see, Mike Allen says, Ken is a hell of a nice guy, even as a billionaire. I've had the opportunity to meet him a couple times and he's still very humble so that's uh, mike allen commenting on meeting ken grossman and what a nice guy he is for a billionaire and then uh eric gronley says sorry i only had the Oktoberfest on hand just missed you sorry eric uh i i, I wish i would have held that off if i would have known you would have had the Oktoberfest, i would have held off for you to show back up sorry and then uh, my buddy vic joe says he's had a ton of the pale l's of course everyone's had a ton of this beer uh, before it's one of his favorites. Thank you, Vic, for chiming in. And Tara, how you doing? Hi, how are you? <laughs> yeah, you're giving Jim a break. He had to go, uh, you know, do something else. Yeah, yeah, I had to get rid of some of the beer. <laughs> I understand. I understand. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to drink this pale ale. Um, have you had a lot of this Sierra Nevada pale ale in the past, or have you, is this one a beer you've only had a couple times? I've had a few times. Okay. Well, good. I'm sure we bought uh, 
six pack or two. Yeah. And I know I've had it in restaurants a lot. Okay. So th- this one is 5.6 ABV, 38. Did I say that? I think I already said 38 IBUs and 175 calories. So this, oh, this one's the smallest calorie. So this pale ale is actually 175. It's less than the, the Oktoberfest. Um, I do have another recipe for you with this, but uh, this is one you could have made tonight. Actually, I'll tell you right now because you're here. I don't want you to miss it. Um, it's called Pale Ale Bratwurst. And, it's, ah. and are you, it says, are you pinched for time? Poach some brats in pale ale. This one skillet meal is loaded with and soaked with everything in flavor. This is a different way. I, I've ne- I've always like put my brats in the beer and boil them and, and then cook them up. This is actually putting everything into one skillet. You have you have three brats. You have a bunch of other stuff like vegetables, uh, other stuff minced up into that skillet, and then you pour the beer into the skillet and then you cover it. And you kind of just like poach it, I guess. But you're you're poaching, yeah. but you're you're I don't know. You're like what was the call when you just have a little bit of fluid in the skillet and you just have your stuff on top of it? It's like is it steaming? Steam it? Yeah, kind of steaming the the stuff. Uh, it looked really easy. There's a video too. They have videos that show you how to make it. So if you want to watch the video on YouTube, you can watch that as well. But this is one I'm thinking about trying because I've never cooked bratwurst this way and it seems like a very fun way of 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 getting the beer and uh and enjoying the bratwurst cooking a different way instead of i don't think we've ever done anything but grill our bratwurst yeah so uh yeah it'll be a whole new world yeah. for yeah. us so check that check that one out too all right so i'm taking some sips here i remember for some reason i was thinking that this beer came across more bitter than it does um this beer is is pretty much only slightly more bitter than the 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 the, the hazy little thing. Um, it's really light in bitterness. It, it makes sense. It's only thirty eight percent or thirty eight IBU, so it's really not super strong. But for some reason, I was thinking this came across stronger in bitterness than it really is. This is actually pretty uh, pretty mild, and it is actually also a very good representation of a pale that has malt character in it. Um, that's not just all hoppy. A lot of times in modern day, I think people, breweries go a little bit too heavy handed with the hops and you taste all the hops and don't really feel that there's that malt, you know, um, backbone in there too. And this one doesn't do that. You still taste that, uh, uh, that caramel malt character lightly in the, in the front, um, with the citrus piney, uh, hops that aren't overwhelming and, it's easy drinking. Now I know why this is a gateway beer because this is an easy drinking craft beer. What do you What do you remember? I think they had the pale ale at that. Did Did you even look? They all here in Nevada in the same place. I don't think they had the pale ale. <laughs> they had everything else. I know. Usually that's the one you find. Yeah. is the pale ale. So So right up front, I get some caramel malt character. Maybe a little bit breadiness in there too. Yeah, definitely a little bready. If I taste the aftertaste, I can kind of taste some of that dough doughiness, and then um, the finish is pretty a pretty mild uh, uh, citrus and pine character. Bye, Tara. Enjoy your show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's something going on in the Bachelor. Yeah, yeah, she's got. Out. Yeah, I don't. I, I appreciate her making her little pit stops and uh, <laughs> and, and chiming in. It's, I, I appreciate that. But you know what? I have a. 
I've always enjoyed this beer, but I think now that I have gone like my craft beer journey has gone in like circles like twice, right? It's it's gone from uh you know from from lagers uh you know easier drinking lagers, some dark lagers maybe, some you know going up into amber range and then some porters and stouts and then hitting the the IPA phase and the hoppy stuff for a long time then coming back down doing some you know going back to some wheat ales and some belgians and some sours and then going back to some lagers and really enjoying the lagers and then back to ip i mean i i've kind of done this circle a few times and i think i just need to go and and enjoy just some of the old favorites like this here nevada pale ale this is i've got i've just gained a new a new appreciation for this beer because i haven't I haven't drank this a lot because I've been focused on all the new stuff coming out and this is still a great beer. Um, so yeah, this is, uh, for all our listeners out there, this is a great gateway beer into craft beer. Uh, it gives you a little bit of everything that you want to enjoy the, the, uh, the, the lighter, uh, malt character, some, some caramel, not too heavy caramel. Like it's not like written. It's not like heavy, uh, syrupy caramel. It's like a light caramel with some doughy, bready notes in there, and then with a nice pine citrus blend of uh, hop character that isn't too bitterness. So that's my tasting notes on this beer. Uh, I recommend everyone go out there and, and try it. Okay, let's see. Oh, my buddy Vic Joe is chiming in again. Thank you, Vic. I'm glad you're enjoying the show here. I don't even like the Triloggers. Those are my worst beers. Don't worry, Vic. Your beer journey will bring you back to lagers eventually. Don't worry. Mark my word. I guarantee you'll come back eventually. All right. Let's get back. Let's get back to uh, talking about Sierra Nevada Brewing. So uh, Sierra Nevada Brewing won the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency's Green Business of the Year Award in 2010. The brewery is powered by solar energy, having 10,000 photovoltaic modules covering its rooftops and parking lot. In all, the brewery uses 2.6 megawatts of solar electricity on premise. Wow. Now, one thing about, uh, I think I talk a little bit about some of their other stuff as well, but one thing that Sierra Nevada has been strong in is, is sustainability, environmentally friendly, giving, you know, doing as much for the environment as they can and being a good steward to the earth and, and to the the rest of us out there. Uh, this is just one of the things that they have done is by, by pretty much becoming a, a full solar sustainable. I, I think everything's sustainable, whether it's solar or wind power or whatever, they have a lot of sustainability and that's great. I like, I like to see that because that's not cheap. They're reinvesting the money that they're making into uh, better stuff to be better for the environment. Uh, and they're producing a ton of beer. So that's, you know, if more breweries did that, I think that would, uh, definitely help out. Um, let's see. In January 2012, Sierra Nevada announced it would build a second brewing facility with an attached restaurant in Mills River, North Carolina. And that's what you were talking about, Jim. The Mills River, North Carolina facility earned the LEED, LEED Platinum Certification in June of 2016 and is the only LEED Platinum Certified Brewery in the USA. The Mills Brewery River Brewery is also a platinum zero waste facility certified by the U.S. Zero Waste Business Council. 
Wow, zero waste. That's amazing, right? I mean, they're recycling everything and, and being able to uh, reuse it and and, and, and give it to other stuff. So um, I think a lot of breweries uh, do their grain, you know, all their spent grain, they end up making into other things, whether it's uh, bread dough for the pizza pizza dough or bread or whatever, or giving back to farmers to feed their cattle. Uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, breweries do that. Um, their wastewater though. I mean, that's gotta be a big thing. They must have a wastewater plant that is able to uh, recycle all their wastewater uh, and make that back into reusable. And of course their electricity, that, those are good things right there. All right. The last little thing I have to talk about Sierra Nevada is they make good beer, but why do they make good beer? I mean, how does, how do, I mean, there's a lot of breweries making beer, but you know, what, what goes into making the good beer they make? Well, good results come only from good raw materials, a philosophy that is lived by at Sierra Nevada. When Ken Grossman still ran his homebrew shop, the pioneer placed great importance on high quality hops and traveled for his customers across most of the country to purchase for them uh, the, from the best hop growers. Today, too, the selection of brewing ingredients takes place to the strictest standards. The brewery only works with select hops to produce a very qual or very. I just lost my produce a very special hoppy flavor, unique, pure, and unclouded. The water they use is also subject to high quality standards and has been naturally filtered by passing through various rock strata over thousands of years. And there's more. In the in the 90s, Sierra Nevada used fresh hops for the very first time in its holiday brew, creating a a real sensation among craft beer enthusiasts from the field to the brew kettle, a trend that has continued to this day because in the meantime, these wet hop beers have become a constant presence in the brewery's range, ex exciting hop fans around the world. Yeah, I remember when they first started producing those wet hop um, celebration or whatever those beers were. I think I have some bottles here in my room somewhere, but they had, I remember those fresh hop beers that they, they produced early on and um, they were good. They were enjoyable. And now so many breweries, especially in my area, because we have a lot of hop fields in Idaho, a lot of hop fields in Washington state and in Oregon. And so we get a lot of fresh hop beers made from these hops that they just basically cut off the bind and the same day, put in a brew kettle. Like hours later after they cut, they're going in a brew kettle and they're making these beers that have this unique, fresh character from the hops. And uh, because most hops are kilned, are like dried and then packaged and pressed and then taken off uh, and stored and then delivered to their, their breweries. In fact, I did a, a few years ago, I did a tour of a hop field and a, and a uh, processing plant. And I have that video on our YouTube. So if you want to see a video of how hops go from the field into packaging, and I don't think I talk about the Mill 95. I don't think, I think I might've mentioned Mill 95, which is a big giant hop processing plant and a distributor uh, in, in Idaho that just opened up a few years ago. But yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing. I mean, I, I really enjoyed that tour and I, I, I was able to capture that and put it on video for our listeners. If you want to go find that on our Facebook page, uh, which you can find on our, on our website at tapsacraft.com. Okay, Jim, 
I'm just going to finish this beer real quick. And then for our listeners out there that are listening on Facebook, if you do have the big little thing, that's the next beer that Jim and I, here we go, Jim, hold that up. The next beer that Jim yep. and I will be tasting. This is their double IPA or Imperial IPA, 9%. And it's just taking that hazy little thing and amping it up to nine, not to 11, to nine. Yeah, you were talking about uh, Sierra Nevada uh, with all of the the solar and all of that. Uh, When we visited their uh, facility in North Carolina, in the parking lot, they have these uh, carports, uh, I guess, to help keep the cars in the shade because it can get quite hot down Mm -hmm, there in the summer. But on the roofs of these carports are all these solar panels. Yeah. That they use to collect uh, uh, the the energy, uh, along with the roofs of the buildings mm-hmm. and all of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They have that a lot in uh, in California, especially because you have all these parking lots, and that's just wasted space unless they're like a garage, right? So, um, even my company, who's based out of Santa Clara, California, uh, their whole parking lot in Santa Clara is all solar panels, so that we have we we bring back some of that power to. Um, to help supply the, the company. All right. I do have uh, my buddy, Vic Joe, his wife just, just commented on uh, our comments here. Kathy. Thank you, Kathy, for, for, uh, for writing. He says, Denny, you tried me on to stouts and I love them now. All I ever drink when I drink beer with Victor. So thank I, Hey, I'm glad that you enjoy stouts, Kathy. And I'm glad I love seeing that you and Vic are able to go out and enjoy beers together because, um, you know, Sarah and I, we had did the same thing, right? We, for many years, that that was our thing. That was our date night, our, you know, date sessions were to go out and uh, try beers or even go to the local breweries we go to all the time, but just to go out and have a beer. And even a few weeks ago when Sarah and I were in Pocatello for my daughter's uh, surgery, jaw surgery, we uh, we snuck out. One, one uh, Saturday, I think it was Saturday afternoon, um, she went to go take a lay down, take a nap, and Sarah and I went out to do some errands, and we went out on a little date and went to Jim Dandy Brewing and had a, a couple beers and just enjoyed each other's company, which was fantastic. So uh, I'm glad you get to share that with Vic. Okay, I just want one more sip to get this thing down, and I get that fourth <laughs> beer. I'm almost there. All right. I brought four glasses up. If you haven't noticed... I've had a different glass for every beer. I had the the B cup lager glass for the Martin. I had the IPA B cup for the little hazy thing. I used one of my I, Pints Up Idaho glasses for the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, and now I've got my Washington Brewery's uh, Drew Brew. I love these twenty ounce uh, Willie Becker glasses. Oh, nice for my. Little big or big little thing IPA. I get these these tongue tie me every time. It's big little thing. It's hazy little thing, big little thing, wild little thing. All these little things floating around Sierra Nevada. So okay, anyone out th- anyone else out there drinking this beer with us? Just Jim and I. I do appreciate Jim that you did go out and find these beers and uh, decided to keep me company. I I, I contacted a bunch of people and. I thought that you and Tara might be, you know, going on vacation early. 
uh, and I didn't want to burden you with uh, with going out and buying beers. And I'm just glad that you went out and did it anyway <laughs> without me even asking. Well, it, it definitely won't spoil. <laughs> it definitely won't spoil. And yeah, we're we're leaving uh, Wednesday morning. Okay. Okay. For our little vacation. Well, that's uh, yeah. I'll talk about that too at the end of the show. We'll we'll talk about that because because before I knew you were going to be on here with me, I I had a little bit of a, a toast I wanted to do to you and Tara. So. Uh, that's good. So look at this, Jim. Man, I got a crazy head on my. <laughs> Yours is a, uh, look, look, a little bit, yeah, a little bit one there. I got just a little bit of a head. Mine is clear. I mean, not white clear, yeah. but it's uh, not hazy at all. So that's weird because look at mine. Mine's hazy, and look at all the bubbles coming up. This is like, I think this might be a laser etched bottom. There must be because that's a lot of bubbles. Well, what could be you pour you poured the whole can yeah, in, right? Yeah. I I poured half the can and uh I can't remember what the beer was, but there was one beer that we bought. It was in a can, and Tara and I decided to split the can. So I poured the top half, mine was clear like this. We poured the second <laughs> half in her glass yeah. and it was all cloudy. <laughs> that could be it. That definitely could be it. So when I, when we pour the rest of this, we'll see if that changes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because because that has happened to me. Before. Yeah. I, I poured the whole can in. It's definitely hazy, and it's definitely got lots of. Uh, I mean, my head is still strong. This is a strong going head. Yeah. And this is. Uh, I'll talk about the head because I I'm not gonna be able to drink this for a minute because I it's so big, but this is a very, um, fluffy. Uh, head. I mean, it's uh, tight bubbles. There's some coarse bubbles in there as well, but it's very dense foam, white. Uh, it's really white head. Very nice. It, I mean, the presentation on this, fantastic. Again, we've mentioned this before. When you have good head uh, generation, you know, when when a good head, good head. When you get a good head on a beer, it means that. <laughs> there's good proteins in there, right? The beer is made well, and these proteins are, are, are reacting and creating the head, and it, uh, it's a sign of a, of a well-crafted beer. So I like to see a good head. Um, I'm just hoping it dies down a little bit so I just don't have to take a big swig of... I mean, if it was a uh, Milkle style, I could... Uh, <laughs> right, if you were like uh, Tara over in uh, uh, the Czech yeah, Republic. Yeah, she could... Uh, she intentionally ordered yeah, a beer like yeah. that. So okay, let me read a little bit about the uh, the tasting notes here. No one's going to join us, Jim. It's just you and me again. I, I guess the only chance I had is if Eric would have been on early on without putting the kids down, we could have got him on as well. But that's okay. So big little thing IPA, uh, make way for the big little thing, an imperial IPA flexing its full malt body, restrained sweetness, and tropical hop flavors of mango, grapefruit, and tangerine. Don't let those. Uh, Cloud your judgment there as far as the flavors. Uh, how's it made? The big little thing defies brewing logic. A monster ABV and booming hop character, but tame sweetness and a clean finish. This anomaly of Imperial IPA starts with a mash. More than just using a huge volume of malt. And we do fill our mill with mill to overflowing. We mash our grain aggressively to yield a higher ratio of fermentable versus unfermentable sugars. This allows yeast to meta metabolize nearly all sugar, which both boosts the ABV and cuts the malt sweetness. 
at the same time, yeast and the hops collaborate on their own uh, on their own magic. Dry hopping during active fermentation sparks biotransformation, which is yeast cells alter the chemical compounds in hops to unlock entirely new aromas like the tropical wave that washes over Big Little Thing. So, wow, there's a lot of science going into this, too. I love I love seeing that word biotransformation because it's a very important part of the whole hazy uh, IPA and double IPA uh, thing. Uh, the malts used in this beer, uh, pale malt, wheat malt, and Munich malt. The hops are Magnum, Crystal, Chinook, Idaho 7, Columbus, Cascade, and Mosaic. It's a L yeast. It comes in at 9% ABV, 45 IBUs, and a whopping 254 calories for 12 ounces. So let's add it up. 254, 190, uh, <laughs> 175, 215. That's a meal right there. Just some beer tonight. Okay. So let's go ahead and take a swig off of this. <laughs> Yeah, we poured we poured the whole thing out and still uh, very little head and uh, clear. Wow, that is it. So mine's not super cloudy, but it is. It's you can't see through it, right? It definitely has. Right. It makes me wonder. If, again, you you might be getting the beer from the Mill River, which might have a little bit different yes. process. Could be and. Uh, the date on ours is June first. June first. Let's see what mine is. Wow, mine is May thirteenth. Oh. <laughs> mine is three months well, old. That's only two weeks. <laughs> Mine's three months old. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's it. Maybe maybe more transformation goes on the longer it sits, and yours just isn't uh, hasn't trans transformed enough. Hasn't grown up yet. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so one thing I'll note: the aroma on this is a lot different than the hazy little thing. This one, the aroma to me is not as prominent yeah, as it was. I agree. Here. I agree. The, the aroma is not as strong, not as aromatic. It, it and it comes across not as as I don't want to say juicy as uh, brilliant. I'll say I'll use the word brilliant because that hazel thing has that that uh, aroma that just kind of goes out there, attacks your 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 uh, your smell, your nose, and just says. Wow, this is fantastic. And this one is more subdued, right? It comes across more like it's uh like it's been some of that tropical fruit instead of being it's overripe and it's been sitting at the at the bottom of the barrel for a while. <laughs> it's like it's like it's yeah. not it's not freshly ripe, it's overripe, like way overripe and just kind of should have been thrown out, but we're now going to drink it. Yeah, it's <laughs> It's it's not it's not as pleasant. Yeah. It really the aroma is not as pleasant. Description. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well. Okay. Yeah, I I guess, I guess it would be more. You know, this was more in the vein of a. It, it it's really not a dark fruit type beer, but it's more kind of in that direction. Yeah. Nope. Hey, you can have some. You don't want any, Tara? No, yeah, she no, I mean, she I already drank her. She wants more. <laughs> We have more cans, you know. <laughs> so, so here's what I appreciate about this beer. It's nine percent, but 
has very little that remind that, that lets you know this nine percent. There's a subtleness of it that says, "Wow, this might be a big beer," but it doesn't like punch you in the face saying, "Yeah, you're getting nine percent of you know, with the alcohol you burn." Uh, character. We, uh, for example, last night I opened up a triple IPA. Now I've been able to enjoy some triple IPAs lately that are 11, 12%, but don't make you feel like you're drinking 11, 12% beer. This beer I had last night, uh, it punched us in the face so bad. Sarah took one sip and said, I can't drink this, poured it in my glass. And I now drank 16 ounces of 11.5% triple IPA <laughs> that tasted like a 13% triple IPA. <laughs> so, um, but this one doesn't do that, right? I, I appreciate that because uh, it is uh, fairly easy to drink for such a big beer. And although I wouldn't be able to pound a six pack of this, I could drink this, maybe two of them without realizing that I'm drinking a big beer. Do you guys feel the same or you think that there still has a big beer character? Yeah. Uh, to me, this has a really good mouthfeel to it. It's almost, uh, I wouldn't say oily, but uh, uh, it's its heavier in that respect than uh, that the earlier version we had, the hazy little thing. Yeah. But, but you're right. It uh, This could be a little dangerous because it doesn't taste as strong as it is. Yeah. Yeah, so you're right. This does have a mouth coating um, character to it. Um, like, I can feel that I'm there. I mean, it does have enough into it where I feel some puckering. I don't want to say astringency because I'm not like totally mouth sucking in, but I do feel that it's, and maybe it's because I'm just my fourth beer in what, an hour and a half. Uh, but. Um, I do feel like it is kind of puckering up or re, uh, uh, draining some of the 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 moisture out of my lips a little bit. You know, my teeth are my my lip is sticking to my teeth because I don't have enough fluid in there. So there, there's a little bit of of that dryness to it or astringency maybe. Yeah, but but it is, it is a little more thick, viscous. Mm-hmm. I guess it, it, in a way, it almost reminds me of like a Belgian triple. In that respect, not the flavor, but in in the mouthfeel. Um, I like my trip. It may, yes, some triples can be definitely mouth coating uh, if they're not made to to be more lighter uh, in in that feel. Uh, uh, I'm thinking more like on the. Maybe a quad, a Belgian quad, gives you a lot of this. Now, how 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 would you rate this uh, body and and mouthfeel compared to your quad you made just a few months ago? Is it similar? Uh, it, it it would be uh, comparable. Yeah. It would be comparable. I I think you're right though. This one is heavier, right? It it for sure you Definitely you can heavy. tell that there's extra uh, stuff in here because it does feel heavy. It feels like it's uh, wearing on your on your your uh, your taste buds. Um, the only the good news is it's not like burning with alcohol burn, which is which is a definite negative. If I had that, no alcohol burn yeah. and and no, and I don't perceive a major hot no burn no hot burn either. either. Yeah, no no burn at all. It's actually really smooth. Yeah. It's it's smooth. Yeah, it's very smooth. Um, 
it's easy drinking enough where you could drink two of these. Now you just drank two 9% beers and didn't know it. And you're on your, on your butt. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. not, I wouldn't say it's crushable. <laughs> uh, definitely not crushable. Uh, it, it does taste more like a sipping mm-hmm. uh, beer than a, than a guzzling beer, but uh, it goes down real yeah. easy, even for a sipping yeah. beer. Uh, it, it has a little bit of, uh, and, and, and for the most part, it's pretty, it's fairly dry. Um, you, you do, you do get a little bit of, uh, uh, sweetness, uh, sensation in there, but it's not, I think that's why it doesn't come across too, uh, alcoholic because it's not overly sweet. If it were overly sweet, it would have been too much. Um, but the, well, you, well, you, you can taste the maltiness in there, but, but it's a really good balance yeah, between that sweetness and the, and the bitterness. I, I think you're right. The balance is fantastic in this. And this is a surprising beer that again, um, I bought this, you know, a few days ago, I bought three, six packs, the Oktoberfest, little hazy thing and this, and this is another beer that I just enjoy drinking. And before I know it, I, you know, I go through a six pack, uh, and it's, it's, it's good. It's, if I had to go ahead and put these in order of drinkability, as far as if you want to go and grab a six pack and enjoy a few, um, and, and not worry about having a effect afterwards, um, the Oktoberfest, 100% crushable, easy drinking, uh, great beer, the pale L fantastic, easy drinking, great beer to do that. The hazy little thing, another one. I think you can really do it. This one, have one, enjoy it, and then save the rest for <laughs> for another day. Yeah. And, and don't and don't do more than one. Uh, it's a good beer, but uh, just don't push it because it's going to knock you on your butt, and you're not going to enjoy yourself. So yeah, that's my take on this. I, I do enjoy it. so far the four beers we chose. I really enjoyed them. Um, I didn't, you know, I didn't give ratings on the other ones. Uh, this one I gave a four and a quarter cap rating. And again, my rating is based off of my double IPAs. I enjoy a double IPA that um, that has good flavors and um, that hides the alcohol of the high content very well and is just enjoyable to drink. And this is one I, I rate fairly high because I enjoy drinking it. There's some double IPAs I don't enjoy drinking because they, they don't have all those qualities and, and it makes it more harder to drink. So I gave this one a four and a quarter. Um, let me go back to and oh, it, go ahead. A lot, a lot of uh, the it seems like uh, a lot of the double IPAs these days they're they're just pushing the bitterness for the sake of the yeah. bitterness and and it just gets to be too much. Um, I think in my younger days I might have enjoyed that, <laughs> uh, but these days I don't know. I'm maybe I'm just mellowing yeah. out. Uh, to me, that's just too much. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. Uh, but this, this, this is really enjoyable. So I think I think Tara disagrees with you. She likes those, you know, old school big bitter double IPs, right? I don't usually, I don't usually seek out double IPAs, but I enjoyed this one, and I enjoyed the one I drank the other day. What was that? The from um, Wormtown. Oh yeah, the uh, be hoppier. And, be hoppier. I mean, when I drink these, it like gives me a flashback when I was first finding out about IPAs, yeah. and that's what I like about it. Well, good. Is that you know, it's like oh, 
oh yes, I remember this on my journey. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and that bee hop here, that was from a brewery in Massachusetts. Nice. So I've had two double IPAs this week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Unprecedented. Well, that's great. That's great. Uh, so going back to my pale ale, um, I didn't re-rate it after I, I, I just drank it again just now. I, I, I'm going to finish this six-pack I have, and uh, I might re-rate this beer. I gave it initially a four, when I, and this is probably a four back um, 10 years ago when I first joined Untapped. Uh, and I might look at this and, and rate it higher just because I've, I've, I think I might appreciate this pale ale a little bit more now that i've re reacquainted myself with it and i, I really enjoy what it's doing and then for the i don't think i said what the uh, little hazy thing i gave that a 3.75 on my initial drink back uh years ago when it first came out i didn't recheck into it with the new thing i'm going to wait until i finish the six pack and then i might re evaluate my rating and, and raise that a little bit more because i think that's a really good uh Easy to get, uh, enjoyable, hazy IPA. And I think 3.75 for me now is a little bit low. Um, I think I need to raise that a little bit higher. So that's, that's my ratings for these beers tonight. But overall, I, I'm really pleased with the selection we, we chose. And I'm really glad that you were able to, to join me with three of the tastings, uh, both you and Tara. You both gave your inputs and, and made this show better than it would have been by myself. <laughs> Yeah, by yourself, it'd be like episodes one and two. <laughs> I did do I did do one other episode. I went through episode one and two, and I kept with it. I kept with it. But definitely after that, they did improve. Yeah, they did improve. And I even did a solo episode a couple years ago that uh, I think went really well because I couldn't get anyone to join me, and I, it was like last minute. And I, I think I did a good job back then, too. So this would have been a better show than episodes one and two anyway. But yeah, well, I remember when we first started, uh, Tara is really the uh, podcast person. <laughs> she listens to all different kinds of podcasts. And uh, so we we're looking for something to uh, keep ourselves occupied while we're on our road trips in the car. So she stumbled upon you. And she said, "Hey, let's uh, you know take a listen uh, to this." And, and she started with episode three. Good. I said, "Hey, whatever happened to one and two? She said, "Dad, nah, don't worry about those. We'll just start with this one." Uh, <laughs> but I went back later, and myself, I listened to the first two just to fill in. So I do not like my podcast to be too polished. So one and two were just well, perfect. Good. good, good. That's good. That's good. All right. Well, now we're done with our brew buzz, and we're going to go into the next section, which I talk about my new and noteworthy beers. I only have two new and noteworthy beers. Well, now we're done with our oh, brew buzz, hold on, hold on. I just turned on my phone when I was going to pull this off to get untapped. Okay. Uh, but now I'm going to talk about some untapped uh, ratings here, some good beers I had. And uh, if you guys have some good beers you want to mention after I'm done, go feel free to, to join in. Uh, but the first beer I'm going to talk about mm -hmm. is, uh, is a Saison actually. And, and I'm a big fan of Saison ales. And this one is from Stillwater Artisanal, which I appreciate Stillwater uh, with a collaboration with Monkish Brewing out of California and I've uh, I've only had one other beer from Monkish before this one. This is a collaboration, so it's kind of a, a, a paired up. 
Now, this collab is called A Sound Saison. And what I wrote about this is uh, A Sound Saison is very accurate, really good, and not too much. There's bubble gum and coriander, crisp and refreshing, a touch of lemon mixed in as well. And I gave this Saison a 4.5 cap rating because this Saison was so like perfect to what I enjoy in that style. And I didn't say farmhouse sale, even though they kind of put farmhouse sale other on here as the, as a type, it really is a Saison because it is, uh, uh, it, it has the characteristics of, uh, you know, of what a Belgian Saison would have and a little bit of, of some of that wildness with the uh, bubble gum and the uh, and the clove or coriander character, but not over the top. I think that uh, Chalamasa, if you're, I know you're listening. Uh, if by any chance you can get this beer in your area, uh, pick up a can of this. Look, look up my Untapped. See if you can find it in your area. I think this is a saison you can appreciate because it's not overdoing any of the characters. Gives you a nice little subtle hint of them, uh, and done really well. So that's a sound saison from Stillwater Artisanal and. Uh, monkish and then the second beer i have to talk about is a local beer from woodland empire alecraft here in boise idaho and it's called keep the change and this is a an italian pilsner and uh we did a show on italian pilsner so it's just kind of a, a different take on on the pilsner and all i had to say about this it's a tasty hoppy dry pilsner uh four cap rating i really enjoyed this beer and yeah, that's it. Short and sweet. I'm not messing around. All right, Jim. Did Tara bring you a beer you want to talk about? Yeah, uh, it's the one she mentioned. Be uh, Hoppy? Uh, Be Hoppier. It's from uh, a brewery in Worcester, Massachusetts. Worcester, yeah. Uh, Wormtown Brewery. Okay. And, uh, well, I guess Worcester has a nickname. They're, uh, they... They're known as Wormtown uh, <laughs> informally, so okay. that that's how uh, they got their okay. name. But but they have a regular pale ale called Be Hoppy. This is their a, a regular IPA. This is their double IPA, and um, it it really is kind of a hop bomb. Um, if if you're if you're into uh, hops, and I'm I'm trying to figure out the best way to classify it. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a New England IPA style, and I wouldn't say it's a West Coast style. It's kind of like a hybrid, okay. if if you will. So it's kind of interesting. It's a little different in that respect. Um, but if you like double IPAs, I highly recommend uh, if you can get your hands on it. I don't think they distribute outside of New England, <laughs> so that's, that's the problem. Okay. Remember Marty? Marty brought okay. us that. Yeah, Marty went up to uh, the brewery and uh, picked us up some uh, beer to uh, he brought back a couple weeks oh, ago. Oh, good. So, uh, uh, but uh, if anybody's up in New England, uh, give it a shot. Nice, nice. All right, so Jim, what do you have on tap at your house that you brewed up? Uh, what do I have on tap? I have a... Uh, uh, what's known as uh, summer IPA. It's uh, just a very mild, generic IPA. 
I have a uh, chocolate stout, not a chocolate milk stout. It's not sweet at all, but it's, it actually, we actually put chocolate nibs in the uh, fermenter while it was uh, fermenting. So definitely chocolate, like a bitter chocolate flavor to it. It's good, but I just can't bring myself to drink stout in the summer. <laughs> but it's very light. It's only what five, perfect two or something. That's a like perfect that. stout. We'll be in the pool with this stout, <laughs> and I'm like, how can you do that? <laughs> and on my third tap, it was uh, uh, I've never never done it before. It's a lime uh, hard seltzer. Okay, and I wasn't out to make it, but uh, uh, when I bought one of the kits, it came free. So I said, well, I'll, <laughs> it's a free. There you go. And it actually worked out well for the summer. It's nice. It's only 3%, very light. So if you want something, you know, real light. And then, of course, my fourth tap is always seltzer water. All right. Tell them what you got on. And I've got a, I've got a Hefeweizen uh, fermenting right now, which is, I think, the, uh, uh, uh ipa's on its last <laughs> leg so when that's done and then uh next up when i get back from my trip i'll be uh, brewing in october nice perfect well you're brewing in october if it's a little late though it's not gonna be ready in time yeah. well, that's all right <laughs> but don't you have something for thanksgiving oh well well i haven't started that yet that's going to take two months in the fermenter um i've got and uh, Imperial uh, Russian style oh. that I'm going to be uh, brewing for uh, Thanksgiving. Oh, nice. Wow. I'm coming and, to your place uh, for Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's it's on the same vein as, what's the name of that? Dragon's Breath? Yeah. But I think Dragon's Breath, that's that's on uh, oak. It's, 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 it's uh, cask fermented or something. But uh, nobody around here likes the uh, that oak flavor, <laughs> so we're we're gonna dispense with okay. that. So I'll, so I'll just do like a straight imperial uh, Russian. It'll, it'll still come in around ten percent. Wow, nice! Sounds great. I'm uh, yeah. I look forward to hearing about that one. So yeah, I li- I like heavier beers uh, in yeah. the winter. So last year, my heavy one was that uh, uh, quad, that Belgian quad. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, quads are definitely heavy. So the the hef is that a German hef or an American? Okay, yeah. so you're gonna have you're gonna have the hints of banana, the German the yeast, and all of nice. that. So. Perfect. But I've never done one before, so we'll see how it turns out. Yeah, I'm a sucker for a good German hef that has the uh, the character of the the banana and the clove, uh, you know, character. Yeah, a lot of that a lot of that comes from yeah. the yeast. So you gotta have the right yeast. <laughs> What were you saying, Tara? I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, <should laughs> Come on, Tara. Open up your uh, crap, you know, your mind to uh, good beer. It's good beer. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. Yep. You, you'll mature eventually to German house. <laughs> <laughs> With enough exposure, yes, right? Yes. If you haven't, if, if you don't like a certain style, it just means you haven't tried the right one. And Jim's might yep, be the right one. Chris always says. And <laughs> Well, and, and the thing is, our tastes change over right. time. So, you know, what you didn't like last year, you might like this year. So that's right. Just keep trying different things and see what hits. Yep, that's right. The, the fun is in the trying. 
<laughs> so my buddy Vic Joe, he says, hey, Denny, what's your stance on seltzers? And Vic Joe, uh, I'll be honest with you. I've never had a seltzer because I just can't bring myself to try them. I have, I have one, I have one liver and I don't want that liver to go wasted. So I'd rather drink good quality craft beer instead of stuff that I, you know, just to get the, uh, the, the, the buzz on. So honestly, I have no opinion because I've never had one ever. There we go. All right. Well, it's now time to uh, close out the show. But before I close it out, I always want to raise a glass to some people I to raise a glass to. But you know what, Jim and Tara, since you guys have joined me and, and been on this adventure t- tonight, uh, do you have anyone you'd like to raise a glass to? Marty? Marty? Well, I guess uh, my friend yes. Marty, uh, who is the best man of my wedding <laughs> for bringing me uh, free... He didn't ask me to pay for it. He just gave me free beer. So uh, I will raise a glass to anybody who gives me free That's beer. right. Cheer, cheers to Marty. Yes, we're very familiar with Marty from our uh, yeah. uh, from our virtual beer tasting or whatever. Yeah, those were fun. We, yeah. we should bring them back. Yeah, so. we should. For sure. We'll do that. All right. Well, thank you for that. Marty, you're – I don't know if Marty's listening, but, hey, I, I'll toast him as well. Although I, I finished my – Double IPA, so I don't have any toast. But I, I do have a few uh, toasts I like to give out to. First, I always like to give a toast out to our Patreon supporters. And this week, it goes out to Mike Allen, who is one of our virtual producers. And he was and may still be on the show watching us right now. He was on the Facebook Live. Thanks you, thank, thank you, Mike, for uh, supporting us. We really appreciate that. And Tara, you're on the show. And one of my toasts was to you. <laughs> Uh, because Yay! I want to wish you a happy birthday, uh, because on the day this, this show posts, you will be, it will be celebrating your birthday. And, and, and you and Jim told me that your special day will be celebrated at Trek Brewing with John Ream. So I really, uh, I'm, I'm excited to hear about how that trip goes. And as I mentioned already, uh, I've chatted with John and he's looking forward to, uh, meeting you guys. And uh, and I hope that you're able to get some uh, VIP treatment and uh, tours. <laughs> and I hope you have a great time. And while you're there, you... not necessary as long as the beer is good. Uh, yeah. And that and that you're paying. And for I, the beer. That's right. That's right. I've already I've I've already talked to John. It's you know he knows that uh, the bill's mine. So don't worry. Have fun and enjoy yourselves. And happy birthday. Uh, and and I can't wait to hear about your adventures in the Columbus area. And uh, I also want to give a big toast out to Buck Buchanan. He is one of the co-owners of Core 4 Brewing. We had him on the show a couple years ago or a year ago. I lose track of time. He sent Chris and I both uh, four beers from his brewery. And I'm really looking forward to trying those beers. And I think Chris and I are going to try them right on the air. So we'll have some live tasting notes of Core 4 Brewing out of Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. So thank you, Buck, for sending those beers. We really appreciate it. And of course, being a former serviceman, I always want to raise my glass and thank all those who have served and who are currently serving in the U.S. military services, protecting our freedoms. And I just want to say thank you and please return home safely to your families very soon. And since Chris isn't here, I'm going to have to go ahead and give a toast out to our sponsor uh, at the forefront of craft of the craft beer movement. Brewer Shirts was one of the first to create. Uh, apparel that celebrates the art of brewing and the love of fine beer. 
never too trendy, always comfortable, and offering affordable quality. They screen print their gear by hand in their studio using eco-friendly inks, materials, and processes. Visit their online store at brewershirts.com and use the coupon code TAPTOCRAFT2020 to receive 15% off full-priced items. And you can find the beers and the links to the articles mentioned in the show notes on the show or mentioned in the show on the show notes located on the show post at taptocraft.com. And if you like to follow me on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at loose screw. And if you want to follow Chris, who's not here, you can follow him at uh, Chris underscore McKenzie82 and untapped and on Instagram at MCK1345. And of course, on Facebook at facebook.com slash tap to craft. Jim and Terry, you don't want to give out your social stuff, do you? Well, I just want to say I did buy some really cute um, bar towels oh. from Brewer Shirts. And they're so cute. <laughs> I have, instead of having it in a drawer, I have it on my end table like a, like a doily. That's awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And did you use our coupon code? It didn't qualify for that. Oh, it wasn't full price. Okay. Bummer. All right. Well, thanks for thanks for shopping there anyway. All right. Well, guess what? It is last call. It is time to bring this show to a close. And we want to thank you for downloading and listening. We ask you to please tell a friend and, of course, subscribe on your favorite podcast app. I'm not going to list them all because we've already gone pretty long. And uh, remember, you can re- that we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Cheers.